I do, I listen to what I want to do. And it proved, it's proved true because when I first um, opened Tallulah CBD and Juice Bar, no one told me it was a good idea. I didn't have a team on my side saying, you go girl. Um, my parents said, your, your place is with your daughter. She's only three. You need to be at home taking care of her. My husband said, you need to go back to teaching. Uh, we had just moved from Seattle. From Fiori Communications, it's How I Got Here, a show of inspiring stories from Tallahassee area leaders, business owners, and neighbors, all the challenges, opportunities, inspirations, the twists and turns of life that led them to where they are today. Everyone has a story worth telling, and I am really grateful that we get to bring a few of them to you. I truly have been changed by my conversations with these amazing people, and I'm confident you will be too. I'm Dave Fiore, and in this episode, I speak with Ashley Guy, owner and founder of Tallulah CBD and Juice Bar. A native of Olympia, Washington, Ashley learned about hard work and dealing with stress at an early age as an accomplished ballerina winning leading roles and traveling the country at prestigious summer camps. After earning her master's degree, Ashley worked with children at U.S. military bases in Europe before following the advice of friends and family to turn down an opportunity to join the Peace Corps. This decision taught her an important lesson to listen to herself and follow her dreams regardless of what others say. That belief would allow Ashley to transition from teaching high school to business ownership, not long after she moved to Tallahassee with her husband and daughter. With no business training or experience in her own startup capital, Ashley's success in opening and running multiple retail locations focused on hemp-based products is as unlikely as it is impressive. Her determination to trust her gut and outwork the competition has proved to be a recipe that is creating an undeniable buzz in the community. We started by discussing how she would describe herself today. I am a business owner, an entrepreneur, a mom, um, and a cat mom. I love business, and I never thought I would be a business owner, but um, I did take the leap from teaching to owning my own business, and it was the best decision I ever made. I've done a lot in my life, but right now I'm, I'm pretty much a business owner in a Tallahassee and active in the Tallahassee community. You were born in Olympia, Washington, right? Is that where your family's from? Yes, we're from um, Olympia, Washington, about an hour outside of Seattle. Grew up there. I was active um, in dance and gymnastics and cheerleading. And then I went to college, um, a regional college at Eastern Washington University on the eastern side of the state. And I majored in um, government. Took me five years to graduate. And um, I did study abroad during that time. I did the Walt Disney World College program where I spent um, you know, a semester in um, Orlando. Uh, I d- after I um, graduated from college, then I went abroad. And I worked on three different military bases, um, doing some work over there in child child care. And it was a great opportunity to travel. Going back to Olympia, just tell me, I mean, what was life like there? What is, I've, I know people love the Pacific Northwest and I know it's beautiful if you like rain, I guess, too. <laughs> just tell me what was life like for you growing up there? Yeah, 
Um, it's a lovely place to grow up. Lots of nature and evergreen trees. Um, I went to Waldorf for kindergarten. It was an outdoor kindergarten. Spent a lot of time outdoors. What does uh, that mean, an outdoor kindergarten? So they still have these schools today. Um, so you go to preschool and kindergarten and you just spend um, time. Most of your day is outdoors. Hmm. Rain or shine, it's 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 nice. And then you sew and you cook and you do different um, activities. Okay. All right, so you did that, and then you went to a traditional elementary school then after that? Yeah, I went to a traditional elementary school, and then I um, I loved to sell, even from an early age. I always enjoyed selling and um, was a bit competitive as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what does that mean? Well, in um, I started to, to get really good at ballet, so in um, fifth grade, we started commuting. I was commuting up to Bellevue, so it was about an hour and a half drive every day, and I was dancing up there seven days a week. And then in sixth grade, um, we went to a different school, and then I got accepted to the premier ballet school in Seattle. Wow. So most of my childhood was just dancing um, at a, at a high level and then commute, commuting to Seattle. And um, I ended up skipping seventh grade, not because I was smart, but just because I was going to an alternative high school. Mm-hmm. By then up in Woodenville, um, another area outside of Seattle, and was very invested in ballet. My summers were spent going around to different ballet summer camps, New York City, um, School of American Ballet. I went all over doing different camps. and Wow. I was very good at ballet, and then I also worked really hard at it. So I just noticed about myself from an early age that I I worked hard and and often harder than my peers, and I just was a good worker. So I would would dance. um, I would take a ballet class in the morning. I would take a ballet class at night, maybe two classes, and then afterwards I would do my Pilates routine too, as well, at home or um, there. So I was always working very hard. <laughs> right. Is it something you love to do? Yeah, I love I mean, the actual yeah. dancing? Yeah, dancing was great. I loved I loved different aspects of it. Um, it was a lot of pressure. Um, and since I was so good at such an early age, I was doing lead lead roles and different things. So it was, um, it was a lot of pressure and um, I put a lot of high expectations on myself. And so did the school when you're trained at... Uh, Pacific Northwest Ballet School. They're they're putting a lot of different. Um, you know, every fault you have is identified, mm-hmm. which which is a good thing too. It teaches you a lot of different skills. So from an early age, I learned about hard work, um, areas that need improvement, mm-hmm. different um, different things because it's it's tough. It w- it was tough, but then um, I didn't want to do that anymore, and I I hit sixteen. And I, I just thought that it wasn't the life for me. So at 16 years old, I said I want to quit. And I went back to Olympia and um, started public high school my sophomore year, um, integrated back into that, started taking classes in school and just um, doing a normal high school life and joined the cheerleading squad. Well, first I ran cross country. So as soon as I quit dancing, I just started running. Mm-hmm. I'd never ran before started running and I had to do, you know, six miles a day to get ready. And I I started running that summer and then I did the cross country team, had fun with that, switched to cheerleading. So I just put my, my hard work and efforts into different 
in, into other ways. Right. And then um, went on to college, um, a regional college. I wanted to save money. I applied. Um, I didn't apply any at any private schools or anywhere. I just I was thinking financially, like right. what's the best bang for my buck. Um, and that's been a good life lesson my whole life. Even in business now, I'm debt free and um, saving, saving, saving. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. And you studied political science. Yeah, I studied. Um, they called it government, um, and I met my husband. Uh, at Eastern Washington University, we both did student government. Um, he's a grower now for True Leave. He's um, okay. been growing marijuana since he was 21. So he's in a good um, complementary industry to mine. So he offers good feedback as well. So we met in college and and then I did a lot of um, internships and travel and different things in college that, okay. that really impacted me. Okay. And um, one of those things was you earned a master's in public affairs, right, from Park University? Yeah. So after I graduated from from undergraduate, I um, I went into Camp Adventure Youth Services, which is a program where you work on military bases all over the world. So I was on three different bases for a year doing childcare, and I got to see um, some amazing parts of the world. I was on a, an island in Sardinia, and I remember the dads, um, it was a submarine base. So I was with the kids, um, for four months. And then the dads would come up off of the, um, out of the water <laughs> and the kids would be waiting and they would say, we, we can't come to school right now. Our dads are back from the ship. Right. Um, so it was great to be on a, an island and this was an exclusive island. Um, it was, we were actually on a, um, military base above Sardinia, a small island called La Madalena, where the rich and the famous lived in the summer and, and, and hung out. And it was great. And then after that, um, I went to um, another base in Italy and worked. And then I went to Germany and worked there. Um, and then I came back. Um, I was going to, I learned a, a good lesson during this time. I was all set to join the Peace Corps. At that time, right. um, after my third base, I had been accepted into the Peace Corps. I had done everything. I was. I had my assignment. It was going to be Turkmenistan. Mm -hmm. And then um, my my parents they said, "You can't go. You know, you shouldn't do this. You can't do this. Um, don't do this." And then my boyfriend at the time he was Norwegian and lived in Norway. He said, "Don't join the Peace Corps." And I said, okay, I won't join. And that was a really valuable lesson. And it stayed with me today that I never again, am, I do, I listen to what I want to do. And it proved, it's proved true because when I first um, opened Tallulah CBD and Juice Bar, no one told me it was a good idea. I didn't have a team on my side saying, you go girl. Um, my parents said, your, your place is with your daughter. She's only three. You need to be at home taking care of her. My husband said, you need to go back to teaching. Uh, we had just moved from Seattle mm -hmm. to, um, or to um, Tallahassee here. And, um, and I, I just knew this will work. This is what I want to do. I'm going to do it. And then even with opening a second store, the same thing happened um, this time around. Business colleagues, everybody said, my parents, uh, my husband, why do you need to open a second store? Why Why don't you just focus on the first? You're spreading yourself too thin. And mm -hmm. um, just all this feedback. And, and I, I, I knew just listen to what I think is best, 
what I what my business goals are, what right. what my vision is. Um, so not joining the Peace Corps actually proved one of my most valuable lessons in life. And then uh, they said, don't you know, don't join the Peace Corps. Come live in Portland, Oregon. Um, it's not too far from where I grew up. And so I went to Portland, Oregon, and I spent some time there. And then I worked full-time. Um, after college, I worked full-time in retail sales at a big department store. So this um, sales really has proved um, helpful in business yeah. today. It was without that training, working in a full-time um, high, high-end store, it really proved, um, proved beneficial. Right. What's well, an interesting dynamic you bring up in not listening to other people? Because I just wonder where understanding what your goals are, and you're the only one who knows what you want to do, but also balancing that with the counsel of people you trust. So how do you? I know you've you know you've said I'm going to do what I want to do, and it's worked out really well, and it's proven that your instincts were right in these cases, but. If everyone in the world is telling you something and you say that's not right and you understand why, there's there usually is at least somebody who will say, don't listen to them. You're right. Listen to yourself. Did you ever have that person who said, Ashley, I know a bunch of people are telling you this is a dumb idea, but I believe in you and, and what you're what you're saying is sound and I think you should pursue it anyway. Yeah, I think often women um, – seek out a lot of um, information and help, and they want a lot of um, reassurance. Um, but I, I don't always think that's needed. So no one told me opening a CBD store was a good idea. No one said they were on my side. It wasn't like that. So why did you think it was a good idea other than the fact that you just felt it inside? Yeah, um, I think my instincts have been right about a lot of things um, over over my life, and um, I had my own financial resources. Um, so my husband couldn't say, you know, it, it wasn't his money. Mm-hmm. So I had my own money. I didn't have my parents' money. It was my money. So that really helped being financially independent and right. having enough capital to finance yourself. I, you can't get a business loan as a new business. You think people will tell you, oh, um, apply for this or, or that. But as a, as a CBD, an alternative business, there's just no money to get, um, to launch you. So you really have to have your own money or you have to take it out on credit cards. Right. Um, What's have banks are traditionally a little more wary of something new, right? Something unproven, yeah. Right, and yeah. in, in, in this industry is unproven. It's a it's a new burgeoning industry that there isn't a lot of history to help lenders make those decisions. Yeah, right? and even when I opened the CBD store, um, banks one bank in Tallahassee was accepting CBD money, so it wasn't like all the banks were even open to me for my business. Um, so it was great that I found a bank that had just changed their policy to accept CBD clients, which right. was pivotal. Well, let's go back to that because I, I didn't realize that there were restrictions about working with a bank with C, with a CBD business as well. There's not restrictions, but private businesses are very conservative in, in the choices they make. And um, traditionally, when you have an alternative business like CBD or marijuana credit unions have been the real go-to because okay. they're willing to take a risk. 
Um, so luckily, a good bank in town that has been great to me ever since um, accepted accepted my business. Um, I had my own financial backing. And then I, I opened in September. And then by December, my parents were, were, were on board. They said, this is a great idea. Your store looks, they said, your store looks a lot better than we thought. <laughs> I said, kind Thanks. of backhanded compliment, yeah. right? And then my husband said, wow, you're doing great. So it took um, from September until Christmas time to get the buy-in from my family. So, and then after that, there was, there was buy-in to, into what I was doing. So mm-hmm. they believed in me more. Um, but still, my husband said, well, and he still says this today, well, how can you um, have a business that only, you only sell CBD? So... Everything at Tallulah is hemp-based. So every product we sell comes from the hemp plant. And you have the cannabis plant, and then underneath, you have the the cannabis plant, and underneath that is marijuana and hemp. And the marijuana is considered like the bad brother sometimes, and the hemp is the good sister. So all of my products are hemp-extracted, CBD and various products. And since then, we've grown to include Kratom, we've pivoted, uh, which has been very important to include um, Kratom and Delta 8 and Delta 10, which also come from the hemp plant. And we have nootropics and mushrooms as well. Um, but um, but by Christmas, everybody seemed to be on board and people were more invested in it. But then I hit another point where I wanted to open a second store and then the it came right. again. The same thing came again. And now I'm opening a third store. And I have another concept, a business concept. I'm, I'm going to do a different twist on it, but I'm, I get the same thing each time. And people, I think people are just afraid of business, of, of, of doing something different, of doing something new, the unknown. When I opened my CBD store, I, when, when I opened Tallulah, there weren't a lot of stores like mine. People didn't, in Tallahassee at least, they didn't really know what CBD was. Um, so they were unsure what what it was, but I always think back in the '90s when I was dancing in Seattle. I mean, Starbucks just hit hit in the '90s in Seattle's best, and there were so many coffee shops in Seattle right. that had it just reinvented coffee. They reinvented coffee, and it was mm-hmm. unknown. And um, I remember my mother saying all the time, "I wish I had invested in Starbucks." Um, I wish I had uh, because I I knew she knew it was a great idea and all these things and um, it, it just was a new industry that just hit the market and took it by storm and now it's a you know billion dollar industry mm-hmm. today. So as you move forward and you continue to have success and people understand and buy in and now give you their approval, how does that make you feel when you go back and think about that? You know, where were you when I wanted to do this in the first place? Yeah, well, I hit a living abroad. I lived abroad in Norway for six years, and I spent a lot of time abroad. After I graduated with my master's degree, I lived abroad for six years. And and when I hit the age of 30, I just realized that I finally believed in myself, and I didn't need, um, I didn't need any other kind of external um gratification. So I just, I had this internal, um, I felt successful even then at 30. I just was happy with myself. So I don't really think about, um, now. Do you feel like it's you against the world? No, definitely not. I don't, I don't feel that way. I just feel, um, happy inside with, 
when I hit, when I hit the age of 30, I just felt sure of myself. And so nowadays, um, I get to meet wonderful customers who are supportive, but even today we still, there are a lot of people in the country too, who still don't understand, fully understand CBD or Delta eight or hemp. So, so I, it's a learning, it's a teaching. I'm doing a lot of education all the time. Um, so it doesn't feel like I've, you know, one or anything like that. I just, I continue to grow. I continue to educate the community. Um, there's still a lot of restrictions on this industry. So, um, there's a a lot going on. In Washington, you were a high school teacher for a while, right? And, uh, what did you teach? Yeah, I taught at an alternative high school. Um, and I taught English and social studies. It's a great school. Um, a lot of challenging, um, high schoolers who, really didn't, I tried to motivate them and different things, but it was an alternative high school. And it was just, it was sad sometimes to see the despair. Um, but I had, I have, tra- I'm well-traveled. I traveled to th- 30 countries before the age of 30. Mm. I spent a month in Africa. I've been to Istanbul. I've been to different places. So when I travel, I, I understand the opportunities we have here. I mean, in in Africa, in many places, to get even a basic um, elementary, middle school, high school education, your parents have to have enough financial resources to put you into a private school. Right. Education's not guaranteed. So when I was teaching at high school, I always um, I, I always knew how lucky we are and all of the opportunities we have in this country. So your husband gets a job in Tallahassee, right? So you're moving cross-country. And did you know anything about Tallahassee? No, no. And I remember that that school year when I had started, there was a hurricane here. And I, mm. I was thinking I could never live somewhere <laughs> where you were under constant threat of a hurricane. Like I couldn't imagine right. every other year or every year having to deal with a hurricane. So I had no, I, I had no idea. And he got recruited to work um, out here. So he took the job. I finished up the school year and then we joined him out here on 4th of July. And then as soon as we got here, he was um, in Jamaica for a week, um, you know, doing um, his job. He gets to travel to really great places. And we moved out here and then I had my daughter and we spent the first six months just getting used to Tallahassee. And yeah, the hardest part actually was was fitting in to my new my new role as just a mom mm. and, and trying to fit in with the the local, it was tough to break into the mom groups, even in town who, you know, grew up here and different things. And my role just as mom, it, it wasn't enough for me. I wanted more. I definitely wanted to do more. Right. Hey, everybody. Just a quick reminder that this episode is brought to you by Fiori Communications. Just like people, every business has a story to tell. And we've been helping our clients tell their story since 2001 because who you are as a company is just as important as what you do. To learn more about how telling your story can make a difference in your business, visit FioriCommunications.com. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. So before, while you were still in Washington, you had um, started having some arthritis pain and discovered that CBD was helping you with that pain, right? And that made you interested in potentially starting a business and learning more about CBD. Tell me about that journey and how all that happened. Yeah. So I've had a pain in my right hand uh, for about 17 years now. 
So it, it was pretty bad. Um, I had that when I was teaching. I had that in Norway. And I also have some degenerative arthritis in my back and neck. Um, and it, looking back, it's a good thing I stopped dancing when I did mm-hmm. because um, my body wasn't wasn't built for it. So I was having this terrible hand pain and it was really making it hard to work as a teacher because you're typing a lot. Right. Um, so I hadn't even, I haven't even, I hadn't even used CBD until I had been in Tallahassee for six weeks, six, oh, okay. six months. And, and I started to use, um, CBD. I opened the store in September 2019, but I just started to use CBD in May 2019. And I was amazed. I was taking this um, Green Roads oil tincture. We sell Green Roads now um, under my tongue. I started to take that, and my pain was lessened. I just couldn't believe it because year after year, I'd been taking Tylenol, ibuprofen. I was on the track to go get some heavier, some stronger things from some stronger things from the doctor. Um, but I was amazed that I didn't use a topical, but I was taking this oil. Um, and I'd heard about CBD, um, and I, I wondered what the buzz was about. Where did you hear about it? Um, I think I read about it in the, okay. in the newspaper. I read the newspaper every day. Um, it's one of my rich rituals, and I learn a lot from reading the newspaper, sure. especially about Tallahassee. Yep. So I heard about it in the, in the newspaper, and I thought, "Wow, this this is the this is the next this is the next trend. This is a big trend. I need to explore this." So I tried my oil. I, I loved it. It was helping my arthritis. I visited other um, places that offered CBD um, to see what was out there. And when I was out there, I just saw the same thing. All of the stores that were selling CBD were smoke shops or they were owned by you know a 50-plus-year-old man um, with a tie-dye shirt, smelled like patchouli and um, you know th- that kind of hippie guy. And I was thinking, I, I don't want to be in these stores. This is not where I want to buy my CBD from. So mm-hmm. I thought, um, and I saw this even in Atlanta. I saw this all over the same trend. Um, I thought I can do this better. I can definitely make my store clean, nice, kid-friendly. Um, so I definitely made that a priority from the beginning. Do CBD in a different way, not your traditional traditional hemp smoker, marijuana smoke shop, but a more um, formal, formal way, a formal store. A more typical retail environment, right? Exactly. Okay. Like a upscale boutique. Right. And at that point, I imagine you didn't, didn't fully grasp the, the scope of CBD and the different kinds of products. And I know it's probably very different now than even two years ago when you started the business. So when you started researching d- opening a business, were you surprised at really what was available in the big picture? Yeah, I, I was a quick uh, learner and I, I researched a lot. I, I, I dove right into it and um, I really, it was really learning, learning as I went along. Um, but it, it started out and when I opened the store, prices of CBD were higher too. Every few months, the prices have been pushed down by competition, which is which is really great. Right. I did it all um, from scratch, found all my brands, um, started out really small with very little money, and then each month, all of the money I made, and, and it, we we didn't do well until Christmas, so we were really struggling until Christmas. So if the first few months were very very hard and very slow. 
uh, and there was no money for advertising. There was no extra money, but every penny I made, I put back into the business to make the store nicer, to carry better products. And then um, more products started coming on the market. All right. So when you, you first started the business, I read that your first idea before even the CBD came into it was a, to start a juice bar. So what were your ideas about a juice bar and how does that fit into your plans today? Yeah. Um, so I was missing my juice bar in Tallahassee, and I thought it would be a great idea to open a juice bar. And more people were on board with a juice bar. I hired this consultant um, from Olympia, Washington. He had owned three juice bars. And I was on track to open a juice bar, except it was very expensive to do a build-out for a juice bar and all of the um, food regulations. It costs a lot of money whereas opening a retail store was a little less. but um, So it was a restaurant from a legal standpoint and yeah, right, a, restaurant, a commercial kitchen and all that stuff? It takes a lot more work. And right. I was on track to do that. Um, and I was speaking with my mentor in Olympia. And I said, I think I'm going to call this place Tallulah CBD and Juice Bar. There just aren't a lot of CBD places out there. And he said, no, you can't do that. You can't add CBD into your business name. It has a bad um, image with it. You're going to be identified and it's not going to work. And I, I said, and he, he called me and, and drilled it into me for a good 15 minutes that you cannot add CBD, just do the Juice Bar You'll be fine. But something inside me, my intuition was saying, start with the CBD. It's it's going to be good. People can benefit from this and there's not a lot out there right mm -hmm. now. Just like with coffee, if you got in in the very beginning, now you, you, know, you reap the benefits. If you get into an industry at the very early stages, it's easier. Whereas juice bars had been around for, I mean, six years. Right. Pe people knew about juice bars. They knew less about CBD. So I was getting more into CBD and starting up the store. And then I thought, I'm just going to start with the CBD side. I'm going to have a ton of CBD beverages in my fridge, which sell really well today. But I'm going to work on the juice bar later. And I'm still working on the juice bar. I keep pivoting um, with the business in different ways that seem right to me. Um, I recently added a glass cave to my Market Street location, uh, which has been great. A lot of glass pieces from hand-blown glass artisans. Um, so all these different elements I've been adding into the business. Um, but when the time is right, um, I will add the juice bar. I'm very frugal too, and I don't, I don't yeah. take out loans, even though I get investors all the time saying, can I invest in this? Can I franchise this? Can you tell me how to do this? I get um, loan officers, the small business um, bureau said they could give me another loan because I've been doing so well. Once you're doing well, they'll give you everybody a, will give you everybody money, will right? give you plenty of money. But right. but I don't want to. I don't want to be in debt at all. Hmm. It's empowering when you um, are out of the red. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's great. So when the when the time is right, I will add in the juice bar. It it will come, but the second location has taken priority, and that's doing well up in Bannerman. And then I'm yeah. working on a third location as well. well that it makes sense. Fine. I mean, every business would, person would tell you rightfully to pivot and go with what's being successful. And even if it wasn't your original vision doesn't always mean that that was the best path to take. All right, so I want to get back to your your customers. So I'm curious how many people come into the store and 
they're like, I've heard of CBD. I, my friends take it and tell me it can be helpful for this or that. How many people are like that? And how many people are like, I, I'm a total believer. I love CBD, but I want to come in and maybe explore what new products you have or new ways of taking it or, or related products. How, do, how does your customer base kind of balance out as far as those two groups go? Yeah. Um, so we sell a lot of CBD pet products as well. So we get a lot of pet customers coming in. We got get a lot of people who have never tried CBD, who have no idea what it is. They are confused. And then we get people who are who love CBD. So we get right. all walks of life. Um, so there's a lot of education. And most people come in and they say, I've tried CBD before, but it never worked for me. And to that we say, well, try some of our products. Um, our products are higher quality. Mm-hmm more effective, um, and you may need a bigger dose, and you may need a different product. Right. Just the customers um, who have anxiety and chronic pain and sleep seem to be our happiest customers. I mean, just to get a good night's sleep is life-changing. I mean, when they can get a product and just be able to sleep again, it's it's just so great. And even anxiety, there's not a lot out there for people to help their anxiety, especially if it's low-level anxiety. So being able to have CBD as an option um, can be great. I wish I had CBD when I was teaching. I mean, Mm. it just makes you feel more peaceful and you can still function. It's non-psychoactive, but your mind is clearer. There's not all that processing, as much processing going on. Tell me about CBD for pets and how you can help your customers whose pets have issues as well. CBD for pets has been a big part of our business since we opened. Um, People really do come to us for the CBD pet products because we have a wide selection and the selection just keeps growing. Um, They have amazing CBD pet products now for calming, for um, hips and joints, and for senior dogs. So cats, dogs, and horses can really benefit from CBD. And and people love their pets too. They love their horses. So they're willing to, um, you know, give them that balm, the CBD balm balm on their body if they're if they've got a hot spot or their joints um, and then also just helping them with their um, their end of life the CBD can provide some relief well tell me how it makes you feel when you know you're helping people and I'm sure people come back in to buy more and just tell me what that you know how do you feel about that when people share those stories with you yeah, it feels good. That's been the best part of the business is our regular customer base who comes back every few days or every week. These people come back year after year and they're just really, the CBD is really helping. Um, so it's it's great. And they know a lot of information too. So it's great when your customers can educate you because people get really into it. We have a really good supportive, t- Tallahassee is a great community like that. Uh, one of the mistakes I made in business in the beginning was uh, not networking enough. So the first few months when we were really slow, I, I didn't join any networking groups. I didn't even know about networking groups. So after I joined business groups in the community, um, became more of a networker, then we had a more regular customer base coming in and um, more um, more of a following. And then um, it's great to see customers change over time and to build those relationships and to know their names and, mm. you know, and they, they try different products and they need things, different things at different times. So I did want to ask you also, what happened to your business when the pandemic hit and things got shut down so much? How did that impact your business? 
Yeah, at that time when the pandemic hit, we were month to month. Um, we didn't have any extra money, um, and I did have some credit card debt. So uh, we weren't in the best spot. But as soon as the pandemic hit, I I went in full force and and worked even harder. Everybody said, "How are you networking still? How are you? I mean." how are you doing all of this? I said, I'm working harder than I did before mm -hmm. the pandemic. So we actually saw growth through the pandemic. And actually every month since we've been open, we've been growing in revenue and in customers. So as soon as the pandemic hit, I talked to my employee, Mia. I said, well, stay on. Let's see how this goes. Uh, let's be safe about it. And we worked just rotating back and forth. And I was with my daughter. She was um, four at the time. She was with me at the store every day. It was very challenging. Um, we had phone orders, curbside deliveries, tons of driving out to people's houses. Mm. It was very, it was very challenging. I couldn't have as big of staff as I had before because we weren't sure how much revenue we were right. going to make. But the Tallahassee community really did rally around local businesses in the beginning. For so, sure, yeah. So that was great. And we just kept on keeping on. And I did things differently, too. Um, I was bigger on social media. I had all these virtual networking things I was doing. I did live videos every day. Where did the name Tallulah come from? My former high school principal, when I was a teacher, she said, it's very hard to come up with a business name nowadays. A lot of things are trademarked. Um, and at the time I was looking for a juice bar name. I spent weeks just going around like juice run or what am I going to call my juice bar? Right. And everything seemed to be, you know, trademarked. And then she just, my, my former principal, she said, well, just Google hipster girls names. So I Googled hipster girls names and Tallulah popped up and I thought, that's perfect. It's got a great ring to it. T, Tallulah, Tallahassee. Yeah. Um, and people have loved the name. They ask about it all the time and it, it's just different. It sets us apart than having just your generic name. It's just interesting and I think it fits well with the South. Yeah, for sure. So you've mentioned your husband. His name is Andrew, right? And your daughter's Violet. So tell me, tell me about them. Well, we, we enjoy being a part of the Tallahassee community. The schools are great here. Violet's done really well. She does so many things. She's really involved with Young Actors Theater. Oh, nice. Yeah, and my husband travels a lot for work. Um, True Leave uh, is doing great. So he's really, uh, when we were dating in college, um, and he he was working at Taco Bell, and I was, that, that semester I was working as a, a lobbyist, I was just thinking, well, what's he going to do with his life? And He's working at Taco Bell, and we're about to graduate, and he's only working at Taco Bell. And little did I know, he was a master grower. He is one of the best growers in the country, leading leading teams, and um, I never knew, and it was too bad. In the marijuana industry, um, people learn from their relatives. So usually you, Humboldt County, California, they have generations of growers, right. and they're taught in their family, and he learned from his uncle at a young age, and then he just had a knack for growing plants. Right, right. I want to ask you one more question about the business, and that is coming to a new town and starting a business selling a product that not a lot of people know about. There's just a lot involved in setting up, you know, leasing space, you know, inventory, payroll, all the things that go into starting and running a business, and how you went from no experience to ramping up so quickly. How did you do that? Yeah, well, I made a lot of mistakes, um, but I learned as I went and I adjusted accordingly. And I learned, and a lot of the people in my business groups, 
I uh, learn from them, but I also learn a lot from observing observing other businesses. So I've seen what they do, um, what's working for them. I have a billboard up now, and I look at the other billboards up, and I I try to you know make mine similar. I I learn from a lot of different ways, and mm-hmm. I um, I wish I had more time to read because I have I don't I have zero I have zero business background. I I've never done business before. I wish I could, you know, have studied it in school or, um, or I wish I had the time to read these business books. I don't have any time. I'm just learning as I go, but it also has given me a different edge to it because when you don't know how hard it is to run a business, mm-hmm. you're not afraid to jump in. And, um, is it businesses cost so much money? It's, um, it's a lot and it's always a lot and there's so many different aspects to it. And I haven't, I have never hired before and I'm managing a team. So there's a lot of different elements. And when you have a small business too, you don't have departments to do different things. Like I don't have a social media department. I don't have a buying department. I do all of that. And then I have employees who help me with different things too. But when it comes down to it, it's, it's me making those decisions. So sure. it's just a lot of learn, learning on the go and then just picking things up quickly. Right. I mean, have you enjoyed the process of starting and running a business? Yeah, I enjoy the process a lot. Um, and there's a lot of good people in Tallahassee and the business community are very helpful. Um, so if I ask someone a question, they're willing to help me to share they refer out. That's one of the best things about why I'm glad that I opened a business in Tallahassee because people give referrals. Um, you, you're never too far from someone who knows something about something. Right. It's very easy to um, network in this town, especially within the business community. And I've really found my um, my group, I think, just recently of business. I love to spend time with my business owner friends and just talk business and have a drink or have um, dinner. But if I had opened a, a store in Jacksonville or in Seattle, I mean, it would have been so different. Um, it would have been a lot more expensive. And then the competition would have been a lot tougher. And then you also don't have the, the mid-city feel and the networking um, help that you can get here. Um, it's very supportive. Right. Yeah. I know you're involved with the chamber, right? And I saw a BNI group and Women Wednesdays and different groups like that, right? Yeah. Ashley, looking back, what is one thing or person that you would say changed the trajectory of your life to this point? I would say my grandmother, Nancy. Um, she was very frugal and she... Um, when she died, um, she didn't have access to CBD or medical marijuana or anything, and she was in a lot of pain. And I remember seeing her thinking, I wish I could help her in some way. And then my other grandmother as well died of cancer and just said how miserable she was during mm-hmm. chemo. And I think about this every day, how we get customers in the store who are going through similar situations, and they are able to have some products through CBD that can help with the nausea and the pain and just to make them feel a little better. So um, my grandmothers were a big influence. And then when my grandmother died, um, she had been a huge saver um, her whole life and just watching that um, and learning from her. And then she left her house. She was very fair. I try to be fair as well in everything I do with business, with employees, with 
people I deal with, I try to to be fair and equitable, just like my grandmother Nancy was. When she passed away, she had a, a modest home, um, and she left it ten ways. It split ten ways, straight down. All the kids, all the grandkids got a little part of the house, and that money, um, having that money helped me, mm-hmm. too, to start the business. Just it wasn't as much, it wasn't that much, but just a little extra cash from what I already had helped propel me. So I really think about that and leaving um, leaving a legacy for my family and leaving property and leaving resources to help the next generation. This podcast is named How I Got Here, and we've talked about how you got to this point in your life. So where do you think here might be for you in three to five years from now? I'm not sure because um, every day I'm pivoting in different ways, so it's hard to say. And and I keep thinking I'm going to go one direction and then I end up going another, even though I'm setting goals. But um, definitely my three stores and then just seeing what the future holds for cannabis. Um, It could be very different in the future with, with laws and legislation, so we'll see what that brings and I'm very excited for that. Uh, But my third location that I uh, signed the lease for is gonna be Tallulah CBD plus floating in Railroad Square and then we're gonna have um, some floating tanks so you can get your CBD products, the same products we have and you can float in a float tank which is Epsom salt, salt water and it's very um, soothing. The magnesium is amazing. It helps with stress, PTSD. And then also um, it provides floating on salt water, provides traction to your body. Mm-hmm. So you, it, it can relieve pain. So if you're in constant pain and you're able to float on the water, it can really um, help balance your body. I did a lot of floating in Seattle when I was pregnant because I was in so much pain. So I'm really mm-hmm. excited to have some floating um, and CBD too for my next venture. And that'll open the first Friday in August. That was Ashley Guy. As a fellow business owner, I could not agree more about the value of the Tallahassee business community and the generous spirit so many show to help new businesses get established and be successful. Thanks for listening to the show. You can subscribe at Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please leave us a review. It really does make a difference. Thanks to my amazing staff at Fiori Communications who pick up the slack while I'm working on these podcasts and to Troy Bloom for composing our theme music. You can hear more of Troy's creations on Facebook and Instagram at Troy Bloom Music. To connect with the podcast or suggest a future guest, follow us on social media or email us at podcast at fioricommunications.com.